Welcome to the Sapphire Circle, a special edition of the Deliberative Podcast that seeks to teach you about the game of Exalted. This is Stage 2. Hi, I'm Corey, and I want to talk just a little bit about the world and mythical history of the setting of Exalted. In the time before memory, all was chaos, and great inscrutable beings moved within this chaos, motivated by their own mad agendas. Then, almost impossibly, a number of these ancient primordials decided to work together to create an island of stability and reality within the infinite sea of constantly shifting potentiality. Each one of these titans infused creation with a portion of its personality, and the primordial Gaia yielded up her own body to form the physical surface of the world. The world of creation is a flat plain centered on an immense mountain, the Pole of Earth. Its northernmost extent is a land of tundra and ice, culminating in the Pole of Air, where snow and ice are so thick up and down lose all meaning. Beyond this outer pole is the sea of chaos known as the wild. Likewise, to the west, the pole of water is at the far reaches of a vast western ocean. To the south, the pole of fire sits at the extreme end of a desert the size of an entire continent, while to the east, the pole of wood lies somewhere amidst an impossible forest where mile-high trees are home to peoples who have never seen the ground. Corresponding to these five elemental poles, The primordial Gaia possesses five component souls that each embody a portion of her immense being. These are the five elemental dragons, powerful spirits that govern all within their element's scope of reference. The other primordial creators were not nearly as benevolent and nurturing as Gaia, and would often create entire races of intelligent beings only to display their cruelty and capriciousness by destroying their creations and starting again. But they eventually grew tired of their experiment, and so they created gods and spirits to rule over every aspect of creation, from the loftiest celestial structures and ideals to the lowest concept and creature. These gods and spirits were programmed by their creators to tend and care for the world, and they were also prevented from ever lifting a finger in opposition to their creators. With their work being completed, the Primordials retired to one of their other creations, the Jade Pleasure Dome, which resides in Yushan, the heavenly city. And there they played the games of divinity, while creation carried on without them. As the centuries rolled past, the gods grew jealous of their creators, and they tired of their absence and lack of concern. They were unable to address any of their frustrations, however, because of the nature of their programming. They seemed doomed to toil endlessly so that their masters could exercise their boundless laziness. Then, something unexpected happened. The primordial known as Autochthon approached the frustrated gods with a possible solution. He could create a sort of spiritual engine, an exaltation, that would imbue some of the great power of the gods into mortal human beings, granting them tremendous power. The cost would be great. Each god would have to give up a portion of itself to create these exaltations, but the trade-off was that the mortals who received these exaltations would not be bound in the same ways that the gods were bound. The primordials had not seen fit to place the same restrictions on their lesser creations, since there was no conceivable way that they could ever be hurt by them. The gods agreed to the plan. The unconquered sun, 
chief deity and strongest of the gods, granted enough power to forge 300 exaltations. These became the solar exalted, paragons of perfection and strength. Luna, the ever-changing moon, likewise created an equal number, and these became the lunar exalted, mighty shapeshifters. The five maidens, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn, each created twenty exaltations, and these one hundred became the sidereal exalted, agents of fate and viziers to the mighty solars. In addition to these, the five elemental dragons, the component souls of Gaia, imbued their power in a different kind of exaltation. Whereas the exaltations of the celestial gods remained a fixed number, moving on to a different mortal only upon the death of the original carrier, the elemental dragons created exaltations that could be passed through bloodlines. This allowed for a much larger number of exalts something in the neighborhood of 10 or 20,000. But it also meant that the power level of these exalts was far lower than that of the celestial exalted. These lesser exalts, called dragon-blooded, became the lieutenants and commanders of the armies of the celestial exalted. In time, the god's great plan came to fruition. There was a rebellion against the primordials, the once creators and now enemies of the gods, and the exalted were victorious. Some of the ancient beings were killed, except that death has no meaning to an inscrutable life force of chaos, and so these defeated primordials didn't exactly die, but they aren't exactly alive either. Instead, they hover just over the brink of oblivion, creating a powerful spiritual gravity which drags the souls of the dead down into the underworld, a pale shadow of creation that came into existence when the defeated primordials were robbed of life. These ancient and impossible beings are now known as the Neverborn. Some of the enemies of the gods were not killed, however. These were locked away by trapping them inside the infinitely large body of their king. This hellish prison of flesh and bone known as Malpheus is the abode of demons as well as the captured primordials, now known as Yozis. The endless demon city is illuminated by the sickening light of the green sun Ligir, the heart of Malpheus, and it is surrounded by an infinite desert. With their victory secured, the royal solar exalted, their mates, the lunar exalted, their viziers, the sidereal exalted, and the commanders of their armies, the dragon-blooded, ruled creation with absolute power and authority. The gods were also content to allow them to do so, since now the primordials had vacated the Jade Pleasure Dome, and the gods themselves desired to play the addictive games of divinity. The age of exalted rule was an age of wonders, but there was a black spot at the heart of this glorious time. The enemies of the gods were not defeated without cost, for at the moment of their defeat they cursed the exalted with a great curse a flaw in each of them that would exploit their pride and power and ultimately bring them to ruin. No one in creation knows anything about the great curse, but the sidereal exalted did slowly become aware that the solars were becoming more and more cruel and filled with greater heights of hubris. Looking forward along the strands of fate, they saw that eventually creation would come to a crossroads. Either the solar exalted would somehow inexplicably reverse their destructive course, or they would destroy creation with their ever-growing megalomania. Unwilling to take the risk of the latter happening, the bronze faction within the sidereal ranks hatched a plan to destroy the solars before they could destroy the world. They worked with the weaker dragon-blooded to engineer a usurpation, 
a single revolt that would cast down the solars as they had once cast down the enemies of the gods. They chose their moment and made their strike. Ultimately, they were successful, but the world was broken and diminished in the conflict. The Siderials trapped the exaltations of the Solars in a device known as the Jade Prison in order to keep them from reincarnating into new mortal hosts, and this they sunk into the deepest part of the sea. It was then time to rebuild what had been lost in the usurpation, this time with the dragon-blooded as lords of creation, with the sidereal exalted guiding them from their home in the heavenly city of Yushan. This period of dragon-blooded rule was known as the Shogunate Era, and it endured for centuries. Its end almost coincided with the end of the world. Deep in the underworld, the Neverborn created a superpotent plague known later only as the Contagion, and unleashed it upon the living. Nine out of every ten living beings died in the Great Contagion, and this massive reduction in sentient life weakened the borders of reality, allowing armies of chaotic beings from the wild surrounding creation to surge inward, shrinking the borders of stable creation and bringing more death and suffering upon the inhabitants of the world. In this, creation's darkest hour, a small sworn kinship of dragon-blooded warriors braved the defenses of an ancient solar weapon system known as the Sword of Creation. Only one of them, a young officer whose original name is lost to history, made it to the heart of the manse and activated the realm defense grid, driving back the armies of chaos and stopping the great contagion. This woman, now commander of the most powerful weapon in existence, declared herself empress on the spot and the Scarlet Empire was born. In the centuries since the Scarlet Empress took the throne, much rebuilding has taken place, and the world seeks to reclaim its lost wonders from the legendary First Age of Exalted Rule. The Sidereals, however, have crafted a powerful tale about the solar and lunar exalts, naming them monsters and anathema, and teaching the peoples of creation that such beings were merciless lords of slaughter and malice, and they have made this teaching into a religion for the masses. This immaculate philosophy suffuses the whole of creation, and it has pushed the surviving lunar exalted far into the wild, where their influence is greatly limited. Dragonbloods now rule absolutely throughout the four corners of the world. This is the way the world has been for centuries at this point. But five years ago, another world-changing series of events turned the tides once again. The Jade Prison was opened. Somehow the Neverborn, the slain enemies of the gods, and the Yozis, the captured surviving primordials, found a way to break the prison which held the solar exaltations, and the Neverborn claimed one hundred of them for the underworld. These they perverted and twisted into dark versions of their former glory, and they were used to create the Abyssal Exalted, masters of decay, death, and necromancy. Another fifty of the trapped solar exaltations were taken by the Yozis, and each of the five surviving primordials took ten of them and remade them into their own images. These became the Infernal Exalted. And just as the gods once loosed their power on the world through the free actions of empowered mortals, now the Neverborn and the Yozis do the same, each hoping to end creation in their own way. But something else rather wonderful happened at the same time that the Jade Prison was broken. Half of the solar exaltations escaped, and once again empowered 150 mortals with the boundless strength and perfection of the unconquered sun. These solar exalted will leave their mark on the world in powerful ways.
and the world is ripe for change because at the same moment that the solars were freed, at the same moment that the Neverborn stole a hundred solar exaltations, at the same moment that the Yozis captured fifty solar exaltations, the Scarlet Empress went missing deep inside the Imperial Mance, the home of the Realm Defense Grid. She has not been seen in over five years, and the empire that she built from her descendants is now on the brink of civil war. This is the world of Exalted, and this is the end of Stage 2, the Sapphire Circle. Stay tuned for Stage 3, the Adamant Circle, to learn all about the unique game mechanics of the Exalted role-playing game. Until then, goodbye everybody. <laughs>